Yep, and I have not, I, I have acted like an adult and walked away from anybody whose arguments has stopped being worthwhile. That's like, good. Yeah, once someone was just like, once someone proves that they are literally not listening to anything I say, I'm just like, all right, cool, I'm just not going to continue to respond to this thread, now I'm going to go yell at Eric <laughs> about it. Man, we've come so far <laughs> from being shitty 20-somethings on a forum. Well, yeah, God bless <laughs> not being a shitty 20-something. If they could see me now. Right? I'm 10 years older, and that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 10 years older, things hurt. But I don't fight with people on the internet. Don't fight with people on the internet anymore. I definitely don't do that. Not to the degree I used to. It still makes me mad, though. (laughs) Ugh. This is bonus experience. This is bonus experience. (laughs) I'm Monica. I'm Ray. Resident industry professional, mad at the internet. Um, Industry unprofessional, professional. Uh Uh-huh. The professional unprofessional? Professional unprofessional. The the freelance unprofessional? The business casual of this relationship. (laughs) The business casual. (laughs) I'm, I'm the... I'm the Hawaiian shirt Friday. (laughs) Uh, what are we? And we're oh, a podcast. We're, we're a podcast. <laughs> we're a deeper look at the play experience and the finer details of running and writing games. We are cool. <laughs> Who are we? Give me a second. Let's try that again. <laughs> Take your time. Okay. We are. It's hard to see. We're here. We are queer women speaking with authority about games. Yes, we are. And we swear. Die mad about it. So. We talk about this a yeah. lot. What? Well, let's talk about one of the most critical approaches to running a good game. Yeah. Failing forward. Oh, yeah. We do talk about that a lot, don't we? Yeah, we we're sure do. We're finally going to explain what the hell that means and yeah, why and it's so important. Stay tuned because we're going to talk about math. An English major is going to teach you about math. It's great and exciting. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure it'll be super interesting. Uh, uh, so- I find it fascinating. Your yeah, so, your whole dice math thing, like, like where, like I have to go look online and see what other people have like made charts for. And you're like talking about like, well, the success curve for the you know two D ten versus. And I'm like, I don't know what. This sounds great. Thank you. Yeah, you we'll talk about thing? math and how I know anything about math in the math when we get to that part in of the, the math hour. section of the test. In the math section. Yeah, yeah. So what does failing forward even mean? The uh, failing for it is the exact opposite of well you failed your perception check so you don't notice anything it's the exact opposite of the full stop failure yeah i mean remember that the point of playing a tabletop rpg is to play a tabletop rpg there's no save states and restarting the and restarting the plot from the beginning which while possible is kind of a giant pain in the ass um failing forward means keeping the action going success or failure um, and I personally also use it to mean don't make incompetent idiots out of your PCs. Yeah, it shouldn't it shouldn't be a result of like PC incompetence unless for some reason you're playing a game where the accepted theme is your PCs are incompetent. Um, 
failures should result from things that are beyond the PC's control. Um, so what's the big deal? Like, why is failing forward going to make your play experience better? Uh, well, it's a narrative thing, first off. Right, the narrative will continue to flow. Instead of players standing around going, well, we all failed our checks and nothing progressed and we don't know what to do now, even their failures have pushed an outcome one way or the other. There's less time and less room for frustration. Yo, nothing sucks more than missing by one and getting told, nope, too bad, and being cut off from progression. Throw me a bone here. Yeah, seriously. It also makes your choices and your rules matter. If you can't think of what would change if your players fail or succeed, then there's no reason to even make them roll. Yeah. Do not ever, you listening to me, do not ever gate an important part of your story entirely around success or failure. No matter how easy or hard you make it, there will be someone who will pass or fail and then you'll be left in an awkward place. So don't do it. If the mystery needs a clue to proceed, they get it. Full stop. If they need to meet a certain NPC to unlock the next plotline, they meet them. If they need to find a magical skeleton key to get to the next part of the dungeon, make sure it turns up. Don't leave yourself hanging. This isn't handing out freebies. This is making less work for yourself. Right. This isn't, you know, okay, here's the key you needed. You know, you can you can magicians force it, eh? Yes, of course. Eh? Eh? Yeah. It could be that no matter what they chose, they ended up getting the key. Um, you can also have, and I, I found this cool technique when I was looking up how to do, like, mystery and, like, procedural play, leave at least three clues that all lead to where you need them to go. So then they don't have, like, oh, there was only one clue and they missed it. If you have three or four or five different, like, open paths that lead to where you're trying to get them to go, then you have less chance of them failing and just hitting a progression roadblock. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I actually included the or failure point because I actually played a play tested one of those dang through the breach adventures and everything had been gated behind failure, possibly as a reaction to feedback that too many things have been gated behind success. That's not what that means. What? Don't get anything behind behind either direct success or failure. If you don't have a way, like when you are writing an adventure or planning an adventure as the DM, always consider what might happen if something fails or succeeds. Also remember that catastrophic failure is just as interesting as catastrophic success. How did they get it behind failure? How did the, Yeah, you literally had to like? fail roles in order for things to happen. How the fuck do you plan for that? It was just like, oh, if you if you fail this role, you get attacked by these guys, and then this whole really interesting like plotline shows up. But if you pass, you just continue going. What the hell? Yes, that's so weird. All right. Well, when we also when we talk about plan for success and plan for failure, we don't mean that you need to have this intricate plot web for if they succeed, then they turn to page seventy six. If they fail, they turn to page eighty two. You just—it's not a choose your own adventure book. It's not a choose your own adventure book. It, but it's also not meant to be, like, this incredibly difficult, um, intricate, like, impossible-to-plan-for network of, like, you know, neural net choices. Just know, okay, well, if they succeed, this is what they end up doing. If they fail, something inconvenient will happen to them that will still nevertheless push them towards, you know, where I really need them to go for the game. So I actually, this is not going to be related to tabletop 
RPGs specifically, but uh, very recently I um, designed and then ran a story-based scavenger game for a convention that I staff at. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Um, The director wanted a LARP, and I don't know the first thing about LARP. Uh, everything I know about LARP, I learned from our interview with, with, with for my interview with Danielle. Right. Uh, <laughs> um, and I was also like, "Hey, the kind of people who want a LARP want a very specific experience, and what you are asking from me is something for people to do to fill the time between events. So you don't want a LARP. You want a scavenger hunt game." Uh, or a quest game. We it, it, it changed from a scavenger hunt game to a quest game over the course of development. What I did that really blew some people's minds was I had to then whatever team turned in the most things as part of their quest did the most quests. Uh, got to change the story, and then there, we did a skit at the end that solved the mystery. The whole cool. thing was that yeah. someone the my friend the conchair is the empress of this like space station that the con is supposed to be taking place on in the the cool baroque future, uh, and. <laughs> Um, someone tried to kill her, and then the, the three factions are fighting with each other, trying to solve the mystery, but one of them is secretly guilty. Oh, okay, yeah. And so whatever team did the most quests, their their team is innocent, and they catch the murderer, who is the losing team, who is guilty. Oh, no! <laughs> uh, and so I then, like, pulled together results for each team winning, each team losing, and then what happens if there's a tie? And everybody was just blown away by the fact that I considered the fact that there could be a tie. What? Really? Yeah, <laughs> like, really. People were like, oh, that's so smart of you to think about a tie. And I'm like, yeah. Like, that's a possibility. That's a thing that happens. <laughs> Ties exist. Yeah, one of the oh. people who was who was working on it with me, who was one of our, our actors, uh, they do a, a quest game for their convention, which is a lot more fantasy-based and 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 more focused on, like, a more D&D-esque sort of thing. Um, and they don't have tie rules. And that was one of the things that, like, she was really impressed with. And I was just sort of like, yeah, no, you have to consider what happens if you... What what happens when you tie? And the yeah. same in, in RPGs. Like, sometimes that success... Like partial success should always be a thing. Missing yeah. by one sucks. Yeah, it's such a there's, fucking bummer. There's sometimes a case where, like, sure, the failure is clear cut. the The difficulty was fifteen, and you rolled a five. Yeah, <laughs> not even close. Not even close. That's a straight up failure. The difficulty was fifteen. The d twenty flirted with you, and you rolled a thirteen. Like that's pretty close. That I feel like there's there's degrees there, and like. Nothing really sucks more than realizing that you swung for it and just missed by, by this much. It's the perfect place to throw in partial successes. Something else you should consider um, when thinking about, you know, failing forward or partial successes or whether you should just fudge the numbers a little bit is sometimes, sometimes the thing that the player wants to do or so sometimes the set piece that's behind either success or failure is so fucking cool that maybe you should use it even if the dice didn't roll the right way. One of the things that like I've been like working on freelance um, involved uh, an adventure module where there was a fail state where the boss ended up being like this big powerful creature instead of the person that was trying to summon the big powerful creature. And I thought that this big, powerful creature was just really fucking cool. Why Why keep it behind the fail state? 
So I ended up like kind of changing the outline a little bit. Like you fight the person summoning it and a weaker version of this super badass monster. And then in the fail state, the monster is full power. So you still get to see that really cool fucking monster because it's really cool. I feel like you should see it regardless of whether there was a failure or success because that would make for a much more interesting game. Yeah, you're you're also totally allowed to say that that is for the Scion Quick Start because that was part of the I believe that is part of the Kickstarter. So as it's a part of the Scion Quick Start. Yeah, I I uh, wrote and that. It's, it's going to be play tested at PAX Unplugged, which is this upcoming weekend. But this episode is going to be released much later. Yeah, they've play tested it, so hopefully it was really cool. <laughs> yeah, at this point, like by the time you're actually listening to this, I will probably be on final drafts. Oh Might man, even be done with final drafts. That's exciting. Yeah. I'm not going to say anymore because I don't know if I can. This sounds like a great time to go to the mid-episode break room. Oh, yeah. Let's go to the break room real quick. Okay. All right. Okay. Sitting on these couches. I'm going to have to look for, like, some stock audio of a water cooler bubbling. (laughs) Have that in the background. Yeah, put your feet up on the foosball table that we got back here. Mm. I'm laying on this couch, which is long enough for me to lay all the way down on. It's eight feet long. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Bonus experience is now part of the Misdirected Mark Network. Yeah, we are. Woo! (laughs) I can hear myself echoing in your speakers. So it sounds like I'm like, yeah, woo! Oh, (laughs) woo! Yeah, we are. I love it here. Uh, this is a great network. Yeah, they're We're gonna the ones have who provided like, this break room. Yeah, they, the break room with the free fruity pebbles. Um, <laughs> we're gonna end up being more involved in other programs on the network as well. You'll you'll hear you know you'll hear promos from us for, for talking about other shows. Like I hear she's a super geek is really cool. Yeah, she's a super geek is awesome. Um, we're probably maybe by the time this episode airs, we will have already been on she's a super geek. <gasps> really distinctly possible i hope i had a great time i know i had a great time well, we almost certainly had a great time maybe whatever margaret is pouring into that coffee mug helps us see into the future i don't think it's i don't think it's legal in the state of kansas uh, well, i'm in pennsylvania where it's probably not legal either um and <laughs> it's greedy squeezins uh, <laughs> so we looked at our metrics and we realized that our episode on running co- long campaigns is actually our most popular who would have thought uh, Yep. Turns out that you people tune into an advice show to hear advice uh, <laughs> with with homebrews at a close second. Um, so, hey, uh, you happy listeners, uh, if you want our help with our campaign or your homebrew, please write in. Um, once if we get a bunch of different people a- asking for help, we'll do like a bonus experience advice show or something. Yeah, we'll do like fix your fucking game or something. I don't yeah. think we can have a cuss word in the title. Oh, uh, I don't know. Will the Mr. Bector mark? Let us network. Let us have a iTunes won't. <laughs> uh, well, all right, <laughs> but we're also considering starting up a Patreon. So maybe fix your fucking game will be a reward for patrons. We're still working that out. Hey, if there's stuff you'd like to hear us talk about that you'd be willing to pay for, you should also tell us that. <laughs> no, I'm serious. We'll and we'll probably run a bunch of ideas past you guys at any point. Anyway, we have so, so many stupid ideas. Y'all. Oh my god. <laughs> I can't hold all these dumb ideas. I'm running out of monitor space for all my sticky notes. One of them was, what was the idea we had before? With oh, it was fantasy kitten bowl. 
Does, is I that copyright even, Hamish? I don't even remember. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, thank you. And please buy us more coffee. Coffee.com yeah. slash bonus EXP cast. It helps us Help. pay for our servers and keep our beautiful website ad free. Uh, and thank you guys so much for listening and leave us some good reviews. Yeah, they keep they keep us from languishing in obscurity. I was just like, you deliver that one. It's going to be funnier if you say it. <laughs> was it funny? Yeah, it was pretty I sort funny. of stumbled over it. I wasn't prepared. Uh, let's go back to our show. That's yeah, enough I'm of this. I'm tired of this room. Okay. And all the fruity pebbles already. Gotta get up off this couch. <laughs> All right, <laughs> so let's talk about games that have failing forward baked into them. Yeah, there's games where it's like already part of the system. They just assume everything's going to have a failing forward. Uh, well, obviously powered by the apocalypse. That's that's really the best example that we've got out there. Yeah, I think. yeah. I mean, if, if, if powered by the apocalypse, everything is like you can have a great success, you can have a mixed success, or you miss. And then the miss is invariably like something really inconvenient happens to the players, but it's still something that pushes it forward as opposed to like, nah, they don't do it. The end. Would you say fate has failing forward? Fate. Yes. <laughs> All <laughs> I right. mean, like you, you make a little point on the outline about getting a grinding boost, which is what happens when you tie. So that's like yeah. sort of a consolation thing. Yeah. Um, and like, I, I don't know. I've played so much with Henry who always does the failing forward attitude all the time, which is where I got it from. Um, so like, I think, ideally, in Fate, that attitude of don't make your players look like an asshole. Uh, not your players, the character. Your players probably can make an assholes of themselves just fine on their own. Yeah, I don't uh, need my help. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that attitude probably should just be you, the default way you approach it, just because Fate's such a narrative game. Right, yeah. Does Blades have a... It's been so long. All I mean, of this is blades, me question mark? Blades? Bl- blades, you know, the, the version of the... Blades uses the, the altered version of the Powered by Apocalypse system, which is called Forged in the Dark, in right. case you didn't know that that system had a name. I learned that at Metatopia. Um, and Blades does, but the likelihood of the success with consequences is a little bit wider. And you there's also less... the whole um, positioning mechanic. Oh, yeah. I really like the positioning mechanic. But it's been my experience with Blades that you are a lot less likely to see a full success than you will uh, a 10 plus in Powered by the Apocalypse. Now, this could just be because of the way uh, our games go. <laughs> um, but one of the most interesting Blades games we ever had was a game in which everybody failed at the thing they were supposed to be good at doing. <laughs> nobody could roll well at all now the way like we we both just went oh the way the positioning system works in forged in the dark games is Mm -hmm. you you start from one of three positions of varying strength like you're either in control of the situation um it's a risky you're in a risky position like you don't have complete control something could go wrong or you're in a desperate is it desperate Yes. Desperate situation, which is like, you are grasping at straws, you really hope what you're doing is about to work. And you get experience when you are in a desperate situation. Yes. Um, So it's actually like, pretty good tactic to like, 
try to put yourself in a desperate situations because it's more cinematically, like it's more exciting and you get experience. Um, but what happens if you are, say, in a from, from a control position trying to do something and you fail, you can always approach the problem again from a slightly weaker position. Now you're in a risky position. Okay, what are you going to do now that you've lost some control of the situation? And if you fail from there, you could, you could again take it down to like, okay, now you're in a desperate situation. So you you fail, but it doesn't completely lock you out of acting on the problem. You and, just have to uh, reapproach it from a, from a position of less, uh, from a weaker position. Yeah. Um, unless you, of course, you started it in a desperate situation, in which case... <laughs> Good luck. Good luck. Um, <laughs> uh, a lot of characters' uh, playbooks also have moves that specifically interact with that that either let you um, bump up the position you're in uh, or gain a wider effect, too. And then, of like, course, uh, there's um, Scion and Story Path yep. have Failing Forward baked into it, where they offer, like, consolations if you fail a roll. There's, you know... A, there's a, the, you can talk about the mechanics uh, freely, because that is actually all available to the public, and there's, like, a like a demo document that's available on DriveThruRPG. Yeah, and you should go check yeah. it out, because the Story Path system is really awesome, and I'm really excited to run scion for friends yeah um but yeah there's there's it's baked right into there if your players fail a role offer them a consolation with a capital c which could be anything from like they get extra momentum or they find an extra clue for the entry or for the procedure that they're on you know uh, all that good good stuff yeah and um every time a character fails a role they gain momentum right which is like Uh, um a currency they spend to be better at things. Yes, it's, it's, it is on the surface a dice adder. Right. But in Scion, it also powers your knacks. Also, I really uh, but... like bonds. <laughs> yeah, bonds are... It's not, bonds it are... has nothing to do with failing forward, but I love bonds in in yeah. Scion. The, you, get, you get like a shared dice pool because you guys like each other. Yeah. I like it. It's really clever. And then if you're uh, if you're a lava or scion, you get to interact with those directly. Fuck, that's good. I'm so excited to run scion. <laughs> uh, anyway, <laughs> yeah, story path is really, 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 really good, and I'm so happy to have been part of it and like part of the design team, kind of from day one. Uh, not really from day one, but pretty much from the beginning. Uh, and like a lot of hard work went into this. A lot of really smart people worked on it, and it's just so good. And I wish I could recommend it to people for purchase right now but none of the stuff is available yet and maybe by the time this episode I'm one of them will be very excited to be baby scion writer and i hope i get more scion stuff so anyway. let's talk let's talk about implementing the idea of failing forward into every game you run especially in games that don't have it baked in right this is where monica will talk about d20 math you need to do to have partial successes and failures in the D&D and D&Doids. Why the yeah. hell did I write it that way? Why did you write it that D&D, way? The Dungeons and Dragonoids. The, you know. the D20. Here's where Monica tells you why D20s are the fucking worst. Yeah. Flat distribution is actually the worst, you guys. Stop using it. So <sighs> what, do you, what do you do? I mean, I know everybody and their brother is in love with D&D 5th edition right now because it's accessible and it's popular. Blech. <laughs> but flat, y'all flat distribution sucks 
Uh, so tell me about the binary. Yeah, all right, fine, fine, fine. Let's let's remember that the binary between success and failure is in fact total horseshit. Yeah, missing whatever you needed to achieve sucks ass. So use that space to create a partial success. Partial successes make for great drama and moving the story forward. It's the place where complication lives, and complication makes great story. Uh, this is where we cue us gushing about Power by the Apocalypse again. I love Power by the Apocalypse. So um, something I've uh, used before in D&D and something you consider is using like a gradient instead of a hard DC or any sort of hard difficulty check. Like if it was supposed to be like DC 10, if they get 10 to 15, it's a success. And if it's a 16 to 20, it's a great success. They get what they wanted and more. If it's a five to nine, it's a failure. And if it's like a one to four, it's like a total failure, like a botch. So you have like, you know kind of variations of what's going on. Yeah, that is more or less how the Omni system does it. And I can tell you exactly what it is if you give me one second. Margaret, stall. Hang on. Okay. All by okay, I had to get up and run over and grab the action table, or the my copy of Talislana 4th edition. Okay. Arguably the best edition of Talislana. Okay. Uh, which uses the Omni system. Um where uh, the action table roll zero or less is a mishap. One to five is a failure. Six to ten is a partial success. Eleven to nineteen is a full success, and twenty or more is a critical success. Hey, there you go. So while you the flat distribution does suck, uh, it doesn't mean you can't include this sort of thing or even use that kind of gradient in using this sort of system. Uh, also, you know, like I've said previously, uh, what I mean by failing forward is also not framing your players' characters as these dumb idiots who are bumbling their way through life. Uh, <laughs> Unless I always frame really what failure. you want to do in a game. I, I mean, don't know. I, I guess if you're into that comedy of errors, sure. Mr. Bean, the role-playing game? But you know that, but like that, <laughs> that there's that common like meme joke where it's like, you touch the you you try to stab the orc in, a, in the back, but you just like lovingly stroke his back or whatever <laughs> yeah. instead, which is funny, <laughs> sure, but Im- intentionally embarrasses the player character. Yeah, yeah. Um, or the idea that like, oh, I failed. I I in character gave this rousing rousing diplomatic speech in the court when my bard rolls a one, and so the GM decides my bard farts really loudly. <laughs> <laughs> which is also funny but like i want to be in control of that humiliation right if we're not playing a humor game don't fucking do that but if we're playing like you know dude where's my bard then yeah have him <laughs> one. Oh, i want to play dude where's my bard with you now <laughs> oh man but so it's it's usually a good call to frame things as problems of the environment or uncooperativeness on the part of the PC NPCs. Like the stabbing the orc in the back example, you you roll a one and like it he continues to walk away and is out of range, or like it uh, bounces too off much, his armor. There's too much underbrush. It bounces off his armor. He turns around and notices in time. This is this is things that were out of your player character's control. He, he does the whole like Saitama thing where he rolls around and catches the blade in his teeth. Yeah. Cool you can't things. control that. Right. <laughs> and and it doesn't humiliate the player character. Like it just makes assume your players like don't have a humiliation fetish. Right. Yeah. Most people don't. Yeah. Keep that to uh, yourself. <laughs> it, it shouldn't really be presented as a failing on the character's part. And while that may seem like coddling, I think most <laughs> people do a lot of 
just average sucking in real life. Wait a second, that sounded terrible. Margaret, edit that out. <laughs> I don't know. I kind of liked how it sounded. No, did you? I mean, like... The world uh, you know, sucks enough without us having to then go play D&D and suck in there, too. Right. I'm playing these pretendy fun time games, at least, to, like, feel like the badass I'm not on the rig. I'm playing a, a hot fucking tiefling sorcerer, and I don't want to fart on a one. Right. <laughs> don't do yeah. that to me. Yeah, unless you're giving it to me to control, and because I think the fart on the one is funny, and so I'm going to make that my failure. Right. There you yeah. go. But anyway, I guess I ought to go back to flat distribution since I said I was going to talk about numbers. Oh, right. You're going to have, I'll put on my I was doing that whole, like, distracting the teacher with personal stories. So I don't have to hear about math. This is why I don't have a teaching certificate, even though I went to school for sit most of the time. Anyway, that's a story for another time. I was in college for teaching right up until my junior year, and then I quit it because it sucked. Um... Same. <laughs> uh, so anyway, flat distribution is the number spread when you roll a single die. That's any single die. So a flat, it's always flat distribution, whether you're rolling 1d10, 1d20, 1d6. A d20 gives you a 1, to 1 in 20 chance. A d6 gives you a 1 in 6 chance. Uh, on a d20, you have an equal chance of hitting a 1 as you do a 20. Uh, and while modifiers often help you reach certain target numbers, usually that DC in D&D, it doesn't change the fact that the d20 or any other single die, let's be real, I've been talking about this, is a fickle mistress. Uh, that, like, your bard may have a plus 10 to diplomacy. DC might be 13, but you can still roll that one or two. Yep. I've seen it happen. <laughs> yep. It, it's not likely, but it does happen because that's how flat distribution works. Flat distribution is pretty swingy because... There's like the more dice you have, the the more that changes from a straight line to a curve. Uh, you probably remember some of those like weird graphs and trigonometry. What? I tried to shut all of that out of my brain. I didn't take trig. Oh, you didn't? Okay. No. I had to. I had to take trig and algebra too. I was going to uh, be an art major. Then I was going to be an English major. That should tell I mean, you something about my scholarly track. <laughs> I mean, I have an English degree, and, like, I'm also, as I said in my op- the episode with Danielle, pretty sure I have a case of dyscalculia, but you show me how to do a thing, and I can do it, man. I couldn't tell you how to create that graph, because I didn't really learn that, but, like, I'm sure you've all seen, like, a bell curve. It looks like a bell. It looks like a bell. Looks like a, <laughs> it looks like a U that someone flipped upside down. Yeah. The more dice you have, the more that graph change like imagine that a, a, a flat distribution is just a line right it's one to six yeah it's flat once you have once you have two then it changes and it becomes more like a point and then the more dice you have the more that point turns into a curve like remember when your teachers used to grade you on a curve and that fucking sucked it's sort of like that <laughs> it's, it's such for people like you and me sure because <laughs> we were setting yeah. the fucking curve yeah or you were me and a lot of classes and we're sort of right in the middle and we're sort of hoping that you get bumped up yep or you could just be a good teacher and not have to grade on a curve whatever hey Uh, so that 2d6 actually has a pretty clean probability that's what i was talking about that like sort of triangle shaped graph on 2d6 7 to 9 is the most likely result that's why pbta works the way it does because that is where the dice will hit the most often that's why 7 to 9 is always a partial success yes 
and you know the buy-in for playing a, a PBTA game is understanding that almost all your characters' successes will be partial successes, and that success with complication will be the thing that happens almost all the time because that's the way the math works. Pretty fucking brilliant, right? Yeah, yeah, it's pretty great. Yeah, but anyway, blah 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 blah. Flat distribution sucks. Don't use it. Dice pools, though, now that's where it's at. <laughs> Dice pools is where we got our start. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and oh, I didn't, like, learn all of this stuff from nowhere. Other people taught it to me. <laughs> oh, this didn't just spring fully formed from your brain? No, and it wasn't because I had the innate statistical understanding to, like, math out what happens when I have a pool of dice. They were, like, they were literally things other people figured out and that I either read on the internet or someone told me. <laughs> Do you remember when we were babies and we were talking about doing... Um, developing a game that uses D12s. Yes, I do. And in fact, I have some of that manuscript the, laying around somewhere. It's based on the the Eastern Zodiac. Zodiac. Yeah. I still have like the concept sketches for that. Yeah. Anyway. I still, I still have <laughs> those manuscripts somewhere. Really? Yeah. I don't huh. throw anything away. When we went through my late father's belongings, we realized that he was a, a, definitely a hoarder, but a very well-organized one, so nobody noticed. <laughs> All right, that's a good way to be. And I'm like, well, I have some of that problem. <laughs> at least you're organized. I just have them in, like, piles and boxes in my closet, so I don't have to look at them. Oh, bitch, I'm not organized. Oh, never mind. <laughs> Fine, fuck you. <laughs> I'm a mess. Just not, just not as, just not, like... Just, super bad just a couple of by disasters trying to run a podcast trying to run a podcast unfocused by disasters fucking mess i shrugged <laughs> <laughs> thank you for telling me <laughs> this, is, this is an audio medium i mean just so our audience knows that we we don't look at each other never we never, never. look at we each haven't, other i haven't seen your face in years it, it we cannot lay eyes upon each other or the prophecy will come to pass. Maybe we should lay eyes on each other. So the prophecy does come to pass. <laughs> Maybe it's time. Maybe, Maybe it we time. burn the whole thing down. Yeah. Let me let me see how Gritty feels about it. <laughs> oh, fuck. I just took a sip of my LaCroix. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to Philadelphia next weekend. <laughs> let me hold court with Comrade Gritty. <laughs> oh, fuck. Uh, for more of this nonsense, check us out at bxpcast.com. Or bonus expcast on Twitter. And if you want to send us an email, tell us how great you think we are. Let us know the sort of fun, dumb shit you would pay for. <laughs> um, if you want us to help with your homebrew, if you want us to help with your long campaign, if you want to tell us a cool story about your game, if you want to send us a picture of your dog, or your cat, or your lizard, or your bird... Or if cool you pets. have um, suggestions for things we could actual play later. Yeah. Because we're talking about doing something like that in 2019. Yep, we are talking about doing something like that in 2019, though it will almost certainly be a part of our Patreon, which doesn't exist yet. But it uh, will. But it will. Because uh, that's going to be a lot of work. And maybe we might actually have to pay Margaret in oh. something other than brown liquor. You can't say that around Margaret. Her eyes got real big just now. I can see little dollar signs. Oh, no. <laughs> Have more scotch, Margaret. <laughs> scotch, scotch, scotch. 
Um, yeah, send us an email. Did we actually say the email address? Send us an email at bonusexpcast at gmail.com. Bonusexpcast. Bonusexpcast. You can find Monica on Twitter. She's at Zena's son. And you can find Ray on Twitter. She as she's at Ray underscore Cole. It's R A I. It's not R A Y or R A E. It's R A I. Yeah. Mm-hmm. R E. Wait. What did I say? I don't know. No, you said it Fuck. correctly. Okay. You good. spelled your own name right. Oh, good. That's always important. You get an extra couple points on the SAT. All right. It's time for bed. Everybody get out. Oh, I'm going. And remember to change it if you want to. Yep. Change it if you want to. Good night. Thanks for listening. Bonus Experience is written and produced by Monica and Ray. Our cover art and logo are by Nino Studios. Our theme song is Reuse Noise with the Light by CDK and is used under the attribution non-commercial creative commons license. This podcast confers the benefits of a long rest. We'll see you next time.